How's it going, Chiefs Kingdom? And welcome to episode 95 of the Great British Chiefs Show with your boys from the kingdom, representing the kingdom, myself, Brad Simcox, and our special guest this week, Rocky Magania. So the Chiefs end the four-game stretch of home losses with a win against the Cincinnati Jabronis. Are we starting to see a glimmer of hope from this Chiefs offense? And can we really see the Chiefs lean more on one of the best defenses in the league as they head into the playoffs? Rocky's here to help me dissect this latest victory. We'll also begin our deep dive into the Chiefs' next opponents, the LA Chargers. But first... Goes to Pacheco this time. He sees an opening. There he goes into the secondary. Pacheco to the 10-yard line, taking Jordan Battle with him. Here's Mahomes. Fires it. Touchdown, Kansas City. Pacheco on the receiving end. Of course, uh, you got Chiefs trying to win the division, and they get it to Pacheco, who turns the corner. He goes down the sideline inside the 40-yard line. They open this drive with Pacheco, ripping off a big one. Inside the 50 to 40, the 30-yard line before he is taken out. Kelsey threw a huge block. Rushing four. That's dropped. Oh, my goodness. Again, five for five, third and 17, and they got him back at the 11-yard line. Parlaftis is in there, Aminahue. Browning, stepping up and heaving it. Down for Higgins, the ball hits the ground, and Kansas City is going to take the AFC West for an eighth consecutive year. So the Bengals failed in their last-ditch attempt to secure a playoff spot at Burrowhead and find themselves sitting on the couch in front of the TV as they watch the big boys play on. See what I did there, Rocky? <laughs> As you can tell, my compatriot Tom Charles isn't with us this week. In fact, he won't be here this week or next week as he's been called up for jury service. So if you're listening to this and you've got a court date in the London area, it would be advisable not to wear a Raiders jersey because Tom will send you down regardless of your innocence. So do you have been warned. Instead, we've drafted in our good pal from Arrowhead Pride's Rapid Reaction Show, Rocky Magania. Happy New Year, Rocky. How's things, man? Oh, man, it's great. It, 
Anytime you start, you end one year on a victory. We're undefeated in 2024. Yeah. Like, like we are completely like, like what could be wrong? We're undefeated this year. Yeah, it, it, great, isn't it? Great feeling that uh, we start the year off with a win in uh, a, a win against the Bengals as well. You know, they seem to be one of the modern oh. rivals at the minute, doesn't it? They're like, like, like I hate the Raiders, but the Bengals are a close second right now. I'm so happy that those chili eaters are back home in their terrible city with their championless team just sitting there, just, 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 just missing the playoffs, having a horrible year. They have Jamar Chase in the locker room bragging about how. Oh, they, I made them so mad. Go home with your 41 yards receiving, bro. Nobody cares. Like, okay, you're laughing and making jokes when you lost the game and your season's essentially over. Like, nice, dude. Like, nobody cares. Like, Cincinnati, you're such a horrible team. You're such a horrible city. Like, like, okay, Mayor, put that in your pipe and smoke it this year. Like, like you, like, it's not even, it's not Burrowhead. It wasn't Browning Head. It's not Jamar Chase Head. It's Arrowhead freaking stadium. And my only other thing I got to say in my little rant here in the beginning is, Tom, we miss you, buddy, but you got to be smarter. When you get these jury duty summons, just reply with something like, great. I think that that everybody is guilty 100% of the time. And then they just let you go. Or you think, I think the police never get it right. Everybody should be free. We should empty the prisons. Say something like crazy, super lopsided one way or the other. Yeah. They don't make you do it, and then you can just be on here instead of people having to listen to me for the next hour. <laughs> you could actually say they can't wait to hear this on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I can't wait to talk about this. Wait to talk all about the this time. On the podcast. This would be great. This is great material. Um, yeah, I'm sure Tom's taking notes. I'm sure he is. Uh, we might see him next week after our bit of advice, but who knows? Um, yeah, let's get let's get stuck into this because uh, the Bengals, they're, they're the modern day rivals. I mean, if you can call them that, they're not even playoff bound this time. The Bengals really like to shout the mouths off, they shoot themselves in the foot, and the Chiefs still steamroll on into the playoffs. It's uh, it's a good feeling. It's great to put them out as well at our head. But it wasn't just the uh, Bengals that we put out; it was the Broncos as well, wasn't it? We uh, we killed two teams' hopes and dreams in one foul swoop. Great feeling. I mean, the Broncos kind of killed their own hopes and dreams like two years ago when they traded for Russell Wilson and then in the offseason when they gave Sean Payton all that money. And then on top of that, they knew they weren't going to the playoffs. Otherwise, they wouldn't have benched Russell Wilson because they are afraid they were going to get hurt. Like, you play scared, you lose the game. Like, that's what it is. You're, you're afraid of paying Russell Wilson money, so you bench him and you play Jared Stidham. And, yeah, you go and beat, you know, an energyless, you know, Chargers team, but I mean, they weren't going to do anything. They were going to make the playoffs. They knew they were going to make the playoffs. That's why. They, that's why they bunched. They benched Russ. Yeah, they've really kind of uh, hitched themselves up to uh, to to a really big contract with uh, with Russell Wilson, haven't we? I know. I know we're kind of sliding over to the Broncos chat in a minute, and we should be talking about the Bengals. But it's. I mean, really, this this really sets the Chiefs up quite well in the division. I mean, we're talking about another AFC West consecutive eighth title and the Broncos have shackled themselves to a, 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 a quarterback that hasn't really been producing the goods. There seems to be something going wrong in the background as well because obviously there's some issue about his, was it, 37 million injury clause or something like that that the Broncos really don't want to be getting involved with. And it just really kind of sets up the chase for another good few years of 
really kind of dominating the division, really, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, listen, the Chiefs looking into 2024 for a second, they got a lot of decisions to make with their roster. They got a lot of guys coming up wanting to get paid, a lot of guys who deserve to get paid, and not a lot of money, right? So the Chiefs roster in 2024, especially on the defensive side of the ball, it's going to look immensely different. Um, that being said, nobody's in the cap hell that the Broncos are currently. Yeah. Like they are in, they are in cap hell. They have guys coming up for contracts, and then they have this albatross of a contract. Even if they cut bait with Russ, they still owe him what was it like fifty plus million dollars or something like that. And they, and they still don't have a quarterback. And they were just good enough this year that they're going to miss out on all the good rookie quarterbacks. Like, like what's your option? Like you hope the bears draft Caleb Williams and then you trade for Justin Fields because they're not going to hold on to both of them. Like, like you're like, you're literally looking at plan B's C's and D's here for the Broncos next year. Like it looks good for the chiefs, even though it's not all sunshine and rainbows for the chiefs at the same time. Let's steer it back to the Bengals briefly, because uh, I want to get, get your reaction from this. I know you've done the, the rapid reaction show and you kind of poured your heart out on that show. It's great listening to that every week, Nate. It really is just listening to you, just pour it all out, putting it out there, just saying what you feel. I like that. I really appreciate that. And I've been a little bit down a little bit on this uh, this Chiefs offense for quite some time. And and I'm a bit like you. I, I feel like I don't want to be a negative Nell all the time. I don't want to be one of those the, the, those types of people. But you have to call it a spade a spade. And this Chiefs offense has not been as high octane as we've been used to. And we we expect the Chiefs to have these high standards, especially on offense, especially when you've got the best quarterback in the league and you've got one of the best coaches of all time. And you expect the Chiefs to really kind of lay down the smack on a lot of these teams, especially on offense, but it's just been spluttering. And I can't put my finger on what it is. The um, The championship swagger seems to have just kind of disappeared. It looked okay in this last game. It looked seemed as though there was getting a little bit more um, you know, rhythm behind them and, and a bit more animated on the sidelines and stuff. And it does show they care, especially when things are going wrong. It does show they care, but there's still something not quite right in this offense, is there? Well, no. And like, yeah, you never want to be the, the negative Nelly all the time. I'm a pretty yeah. positive son of a buck yeah. on a day-to-day <laughs> basis, but it is the rapid reaction show. It's not the marinated takes with John and Pete, right? Like you're getting the, the raw and filtered response. They sound like the cool um, guys, don't they, don't they, when they get the marinated take? Yeah. yeah. I get called the most negative SOB in uh, <laughs> Chiefs media, and they get, oh, look at these wise, wise men who've sat on it for five days and <laughs> pondered on it when I'm going hot 30 seconds after the whistle blows, you know, and having to talk about the thing. Um, but back to the Chiefs issues for a second, it's, it's really sloppiness. It's mm-hmm. a lack of execution, and it's sloppiness. And it's not, and it, like, a lot of it is MVS, the MVSs, the Kadarius Tonys, and those guys, and the Sky Moors, of course. Um, but it's also the offensive line, like like guys who you would expect to play better. Trey Smith has had some issues, you know, just with like with technique and fundamentals this mm-hmm. year. He's still a good player, but he's not the same player he was last year. He's kind of a home run hitter, right? Like he swings for the fences every time, and because of that, sometimes he misses. Um, you see. You see the Chiefs have a rookie left tackle. He's going to take his lumps, you know, regardless. 
Um, Jawan Taylor had a pretty good game. Probably had one of his best games against yeah. the Bengals, to be honest. But he's been really up and down and really kind of in his own head. I think just like he's thinking before he acts, right? Yeah. And so with all these things combined, you, the slot, you, 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 it's just hard to get any momentum and sustained drives when you're taking two foot, two steps forward, one step back every single play because of stupid plays. And there's just really no – hasn't really been the accountability I think that you'd want to see mm-hmm. on the offensive side of the ball. Like you see the stars stepping up. You see Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes refusing to throw anybody under the bus and say, listen, we got the guys who need to win a championship. I need to play better. I need to do this. But then the guys who need to be saying those things are the ones who are saying, oh, well, I wasn't sure that the penalty was on me until I got home that night. Mm. Really? Really, bro? Yeah. Really? Like, And so it's it's a talent issue. There's, they don't have the weapons. They can't stretch the field. And so people are packing the box against them. Um, Jarrett McKinnon's lost his step. Isaiah Pacheco is great, but he plays like he has a death wish, and his body's not going to hold up if he keeps playing like he has a death wish, right? Like these are the things that are happening. And so the Chiefs need to get more dynamic on the offensive side of the ball. That is, that's what it is, plain and simple. Mahomes can't throw a 50 yard pass if there's nobody who can get open 50 yards downfield. We saw Rashi Rice make that great. Get that great outside release on the guy and get downfield. Um, I'm sorry, inside release on the guy and get downfield and get positioning. But that was a blown coverage, right? Mm-hmm. Like it took a mistake for the Chiefs to get a, a big play down the field. They just don't have the same juice to stretch the field like they used to. And the guys who used to have some juice don't quite have the same juice that they had anymore, right? They're getting older. They've maybe lost half a step. And in the NFL, half a step is everything. You're right. I mean, Rashi Rice has been a bright spark, I suppose, this year. He's been a, a huge help to this offense. And it's it's unusual to see a wide receiver in his rookie season at the Chiefs really kind of excelling the way he is. I mean, yeah, he's had some drops. And and, and I know Tom Charles has mentioned this a few times in a lot of our shows that, you know, I I complained quite a bit about the MBS drops and the, the, the Kadarius Tony drops. And he said, well, Rice has had the similar amount of drops as well. And he has, but... I've always said that the production kind of outweighs the 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 negative side of things that you know the 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 drops the fumbles or anything like that the production element really kind of uh, covers over that in a way doesn't it um and we're not having that same level of production from Tony from MVS to really kind of cover up those mistakes that they've been having so that's why the likes of Rashi Rice is shining i mean at the end of the day he is a rookie he's expected to have some drops but the way he's kind of just brushed it off and and really kind of just brought on the next level of his game and he's really kind of building a, a good relationship with with Patrick Mahomes now and that's the thing that we're looking at the most we're not getting the similar kind of connection that we're getting from Tony and MVS so you're going to get that negative side of it as well. And, and you know, we don't want to be those people that really kind of goes on and on and on about the the bad side of these players and and, and why they, they should be benched and things like that. But it is an issue and it, it does need to be called out. And it's that accountability that we haven't been seeing from those players that have been having those issues. And that's been the big issue with the Chiefs all season, that there's some accountability issues. Yes, Holmes has been covering for them. Kelsey's been covering for them. Andy Reid's been covering for them. But there's only so long you can go on with you making these mistakes continuously before it starts really kind of affecting the team. It was good from the Chiefs' offense, I suppose, in the second half 
of this game against the Bengals because you did start seeing a bit more of a rhythm from them, didn't you? You started seeing a bit more, um, a bit more ingenuity, a bit more. Um, the, the play calling was was seemed to be more fluid this time in the second half. Wasn't high scoring, but at least the defense was helping keep that score down from the Bengals and really shut them out for the rest of the game, wasn't it? Yeah, no, it really was. And and kind of backtracking for a second about like the mistakes and the drops, like listen. Like nobody expects you to be perfect. No. Like Jerry Rice had drops in his career. He dropped passes. Travis Kelsey's the greatest tight end of all time. The elephant in the room about Travis Kelsey is that he's near the league tops in drops every single season. It's it's not the mistakes that you make, it's making up for the mistakes that you make, right? Like you said, it's the production. It's hitting your it's patting yourself on the chest and saying, that one's on me. And then going out there and making up for it the next play or the next quarter or the next opportunity you're given. And, and that's what that's that's what you're not seeing with these guys, like you said. And I've been harder on MVS, I think, this year than almost anybody. I mean, I've I've nailed I, I mean, he's overpaid, he's underproducing, you know, he doesn't have any business being on the field. But on the flip side of that, if I'm being honest and I'm being fair to MVS, it's also got to be kind of hard. I talked about guys losing half a step. He's one of those guys. He's lost half a step. He's made his entire career on being a deep threat that's able to get up over the top and get past the guy and make a handful of big plays every single season, and there was value in that. He's lost half a step. So guess what? That cornerback is now half a step closer, and that can, and that catch is twice as much as contested as it has been previously in his career. So he's not making those same plays. So then he gets inside of his head. Then it's, I mean, you know this. With athletes, it's all about confidence. Confidence is the mind game for an athlete is, is such a big thing. Like once the yips start to sink in on a guy, they're done, right? And so you don't get open as much as you used to. The catches aren't coming as frequently. It's it's harder to get open. It's harder to get those catches. And it all really starts to kind of snowball on a guy. And while he needs to go out and do his job, he's a professional athlete. He's getting paid $11 million a game to go out and catch the football, not a game a season, to go out and catch the football. On some hand, it has to be hard to accept the fact that you just don't have it anymore. Like, I'd be surprised if MVS is on an NFL roster next year at this point, right? And for a guy to accept that and say, I might be done, I might be cooked, that's a hard thing for a guy to accept, especially when you're expected to produce on a Super Bowl contending team, right? When people are looking to you to say, you're supposed to be the guy, you're the highest paid wide receiver on this team, and we want to go get a Super Bowl, and your body just won't do it, right? And so that's got to suck for him. That being said, it's irresponsible for Andy Reid to put him on the field. Yeah. At this point, we have so we have that much, we have too much, you know, evidence this season. He needs to not be on the field anymore. Um, getting back to the point about the second half, it was the best second half of football we've seen out of the Chiefs this year. Yeah, it was the best offensive performance we've seen out of the Chiefs this year. I think I don't care that we didn't get in the end zone, right? We moved the ball up and down the field, and it's probably not going to get us a Lombardi Trophy this year. But for as long as it works, you ride the three-headed monster of Rashi Rice, Isaiah Pacheco, and then Travis Kelsey, and then you sprinkle everybody else in. But that's your that's your that's your your tripod game plan going into your simplified game plan. Those are your three focuses. You either play action, the, the Pacheco, hand it off to Pacheco, and then when you play action, your first two reads are Rice, Kelsey, 
That's not there. Look back to Pacheco. Can he catch the ball? If he can't, then you look somewhere else or you scram- you tuck the ball and run. But those should be your first three options on every single play moving forward because those are the only three people who have cho- proven that they can produce on a consistent level. Now, Ju- Justin Watson's going to make a play or two. That's fine. But you, we, we've shown if you throw 10 targets to Justin Watson, he's catching two of them. You throw two targets to Justin Watson, he's catching one of them, right? It's just like he's it, the more he's not one of those guys where the more targets you throw at him, the more receptions he's going to get. It's just not the type of player he is. He's a lot like MVS was in that sense. He's good for a handful of big plays every year. Looking at the Chiefs' offense and going up against the Lou Anarumo uh, defense as well was that was the thing that kind of built a bit more confidence for me because I really like Lou Anarumo. I think he's a great, hell of a great uh, defensive coordinator. And to see Mahomes still be productive in that, yes, like you said, not getting in the end zone, but really kind of moving the chains. I was feeling a lot better this week than I have for the uh, for the entire season. That. We are see, we are now seeing a, a Chiefs offense that is using Rice a little bit more. It is using um, you know Pacheco in the in the passing game as well as the run game. I mean, he's been effective in the run game brilliantly. Um, but I want to see more of the, uh, the 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 an RB getting involved in the passing game because that's the kind of key that I've seen. I I'm so used to seeing you know Jamal Charles back in the day, you know, being the receiver and and slipping out from the pocket, you know, next to the next to the quarterback and getting huge yardage. I'm used to that. I don't like to see a lot of screen passes all the time. I hate seeing that from a Chiefs team, but it has been necessary in a lot of these games. But getting away from that and getting, making sure that we're getting the, uh, the the running backs in the passing game as well, I think that's something that uh, CEH will eventually be used in as well because I think um, he's he's been so used to that in, in college. Why not have him doing that in the same ilk as what we've been doing with the likes of Jarek McKinnon? You know, having those kind of you know having those kind of players in the playbook, it's gonna stand us in good stead, especially now when our wide receivers or a couple of the wide receivers have been spluttering recently. But yeah, I mean, you got to really kind of shout out the defense in this. It was very much the defense have won the won the day on this on this uh, game as well because they've been effective all year and they've been absolutely outstanding all year. And, you know, for, for somebody like Jamar Chase to actually come out and say that he doesn't know anybody on the Chiefs defense, probably one of them, he says, I mean, that's just not showing any respect at all, especially to a, you know, a a Super Bowl champion team that, um, you know, is really kind of dominating this year on defense and having, that chip on your shoulder, I think this really helped the defense. They really showed that they were going to really kind of hunt down Jamar Chase in this, didn't they? Yeah, Jamar Chase saying that is like Jalen Ramsey calling Tyreek Hill a, a kick returner, yeah. right? Or a special teams player. <laughs> Remember that, yeah. Right, like he did, right? That's, that's the same thing. He knows them. He's trying to play the middle game. But guess what? Like, like Chris Jones was right when he said, how many receiving yards did he have? And the reporter said 41. He goes, exactly. Like, like the stats, the stats speak for themselves. And the fact they did it against the Luana Rumo defense does mean something, not as much as it used to, because just like you could say, oh, the fact that teams have been shutting down an Andy Reid offense, it doesn't mean the same thing this year, just because the Bengals don't have the same players on the defensive side of the ball that they've had in years past. The scheme's good. The execution's not great, right? And so it's kind of the same thing with the Chiefs. Um, you are right about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, they don't call him Minitron for nothing, right? <laughs> um, I like to think of him even taking a step forward. 
make him more like a thick Debo and uh, <laughs> and put him in the slot a little bit. Let him yeah. run a quick slot. Let him uh, let him run wide shallow cross right across the middle. Just see what he can do. Right. I mean, he's he's a good enough route runner and he's not going to be anything worse than your other options that you're going to put out there for a third wide receiver right now. I mean, Richie James, sure, he can play a little bit, but you want to you want you want to give him you want to spell him also, then just 10, 10 snaps a game. Put mm. Clyde Edwards Hilaire in the slot, 10 snaps a game, or have him run a route out of the backfield and, and just see just see what happens. We're at the point now where let's get weird with it, man. Like we know what we've been doing in the past isn't producing points. So okay, let's look where do we have talent? These guys can actually make plays. Let's get creative and find ways to, to put the ball in their hands and just, and see what we can do. Um, but as weird as it is to say this about an Andy Reid team, the Chiefs are a defensive first team this year. And that's why you settle for six field goals because you know Jake Brown is not going to go down the field in the second half and, and win the game. You know that they're not going to go down and score a touchdown and get a two-point conversion at the end. You know that Justin Reed's going to get back-to-back sacks, and they're going to get four out of their six sacks in the last two minutes of the game. Like, you want to talk about slamming the door on an opponent and stomping it on their throat? Like, people used to say the Chiefs didn't have – defense didn't have any killer instinct or or that they the offense didn't. People get, would get mad at Spags because he would – the Chiefs would get a lead and they'd fall back into that cover two shallow, that prevent defense and just sit on a lead. That wasn't what they did. They didn't do that this, this past weekend. Like – they blitz the hell out of them, and 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 they and they put them out of their misery. They put they put the those 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 toothless little kitty cats in Cincinnati down. <laughs> they took them to the they took them to the place and they put them out of their misery. And it, I mean, good, good. Like the like the, like the NFL has too many teams. They don't need the Bengals. Like we could go. I just go to thirty one teams. Get rid of the Bengals. Like get thirty teams. Get rid of the Bengals. Get rid of the Raiders. And then we have to have somebody to beat up on, so leave the Broncos there. Yeah, that's what I think. They're they're all mouth, no claws, really, aren't they? The Bengals. It's uh, oh it, it's all mouth from them. But you know, I mean, if you talk smack, you've got to back it up. And Jamar Chase and the Bengals really haven't been backing it up. And you can talk about three and one or whatever it is that Burrow is against Mahomes, but it doesn't mean a jot when you haven't got the rings and you're not even in the playoffs. So, um. We will talk about the playoffs obviously next week, but um, obviously the Chiefs are going to be going in at the three seed. I think they've locked it in totally now, haven't they? I don't think they can get to the second seed now or, or even drop to the fourth. So they're going to be locked in at the three seed and uh, we will be talking about that um, more next week because we will find out who the opponents are after uh, after the games next week. But looking ahead to it, in a way, um, are you excited that this Chiefs team is going in as it's looking at the moment with the really kind of high-powered defense and just a, you know, a, a, an offense still trying to find its feet at the minute? Um, it's fun. I'll say that it's different, it's, it's isn't it? Fun. It's different. It's 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 unique to be in an Andy Reid coached team with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, being the Super Bowl defending champions, and you're going to probably be an underdog in every single playoff game you play this year. Every game the Chiefs play, they're going to be an underdog. And and it's kind of fun to be able to have that chip on your shoulder and say, nobody believes in us anymore. They've forgotten about who we are, right? You know, and and it's it's fun to be able to have that, you know, what is that, you know, 
Everybody didn't want to talk like they got something to say, but nothing comes out till they move the lips. They got a bunch of gibberish. Everybody <laughs> thinks they forgot about Dre, right? <laughs> Everybody thinks they forgot about Mahomes, right? And so it's gonna be uh it's gonna be fun to, to be able to see the Chiefs be able to come out and say and, and maybe win at playoff games and pound their chest and say, We're still number one, we're still the champions. Will they do that? We don't know, but it's gonna be fun to find out. Yeah, it's going to be trying to find out if they've got that fire in the belly, I suppose, is the main thing, isn't it? Um, you know, if if they do have that chip on the shoulder, it could mean that we get Petty Mahomes right at the right time in the playoffs. So um, it, you're right, it is exciting. It is something that we've never seen quite yet from a Mahomes-led uh, Chiefs team um, going into the playoffs in a wild card round. We haven't seen one of them for years. <laughs> so, And then possibly on the road after exactly. that. Wow, you know, it's an uh, interesting concept, isn't this? But uh, we'll have a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we'll be reviewing the LA Chargers. We'll see you soon. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi there, welcome back to the Great British Chief Show with Brad and Rocky. So we're going to preview the LA Chargers with the Chiefs and uh, it's going to be one of those games that it could be an early night for me over here. <laughs> it's, still, it's not going to be one of those games I'm really looking forward to because nothing really much is going to happen. It's going to be a bit of a damp squib kind of game for me. The Chargers have really been inefficient all year and they've they're sitting very much rooted to the bottom of the AFC West right now. That ain't going to change. Um, they've clearly lost out on having Justin Herbert for the last few games, but would he made it, have made a difference? Who knows? But uh, they've got, obviously, the Eastern Stick guy who is really kind of uh, holding the fort. He's doing okay. He's doing, you know, he's doing quarterback things, but it's not leading to wins. And the Chargers right now are pretty much what we've come accustomed to. Would you say, Rocky? 
I mean, they're a little bit less than what we've been accustomed to. We've, we've at least been accustomed to a, to a team that that's expected to win and then doesn't meet expectations. They're so beat to hell right now that, I mean, I don't think they're expected to win any game they go into right yeah. now. I mean, Easton's stick is as effective as an actual stick in it uh, lining up behind center. Like, like it's, it's, it's a hard act to follow, you know, coming in for Justin Herbert, but he's not anything to write home about, right? He's not going to win you games in the NFL. Heenan Allen and Joshua Palmer are both questionable still, you know, they're supposed, they're both banged up. You got Mike Williams on IR uh, Zion Johnson. Their left guard is banged up. Uh, I mean, they're just a Corey, Corey Lindsley's also out. Both are out it's, as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's, there's a, there's a lot of guys on this team. Yeah. Joey Bursa is still crazy. Those guys are already well. on the beach. They're already on the beach, aren't they? Yeah. Those guys are already looking forward to next year and their <laughs> uh, training regimen in Hawaii doing the old Alex Smith thing, holding the boulder underwater <laughs> while they run. Right. Um, like, these guys are already packed it in. They don't have a head coach. They don't have a GM. They don't have a quarterback. They don't have any wide receivers. Like, I know the Chiefs are going to rest their starters in this one. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully they play Travis Kelsey just long enough for him to get, was it 16 yards, I think, that he needs? Yeah. Something like that to get his 1,000 yards to keep the streak going. Um, I don't know if they're going to play – Rashi Rice long enough for him to hit a thousand, or you know Isaiah Pacheco long enough for him to hit a thousand, um, because I think that because they're both so young, that they're not they don't have streaks that the Chiefs need to value at yeah. this point to keep alive. If if Kelsey would have found a way to get thirty yards receiving last week and and got and, and got his thousand yards, he wouldn't be playing in the game either. So I think you're going to see a lot of guys who you might not necessarily have seen this year. Um, I think you might see a generic Prince get elevated um, to the active roster maybe this week, and he might get he might get some snaps. Uh, just kind of depending upon the overall health of the running backs, it's it's going to be a boring game to watch, and that's what you like to see because that means that all your starters are resting, everybody's going to be healthy, and you're going to have your full complement of weapons when it actually matters. I feel like this week 18 matchup is going to be another Pro Bowl. That's what, that's what I feel. It's just going to be, you know, going through the motions. Like you said, get Kelsey's yards, 16 yards for his eighth consecutive 1,000-yard season. That's the kind of thing that we're looking at in this game. Pacheco as well, 65 yards to reach his 1,000. 62 yards for Rice. I mean, you could do them. You could probably play them maybe the first quarter or the first half, maybe, just to see if they can actually reach those totals. It would be nice to see. It would be not, it, obviously for them as well, for their own kind of uh, achievements. It'd be something that they'd like to uh, to achieve themselves. And they're probably, you know, giving Andy Reid so many fleas in the ear that he wants to, uh, you know, they, they want to play and they want to make those yards. But we've got to play the long game here, haven't we, as well? Because we, we do have an extra game we've got to play in the playoffs. That'll be obviously the thing that's on the back of the, uh, Andy Reid's mind. He doesn't want to get the likes of Pacheco or Rice injured or Kelsey for that matter. Um, but it's that fine balancing act as a, as a head coach, isn't it? You want to be the guy that you want to be the head coach that really kind of helps the players along and they start respecting you. I mean, how much can you respect Andy Reid? Can you even respect him anymore? Who knows? I mean, he's you know he's highly respected by a lot of the uh, the players that we see anyway. 
but to let those new players get that you know that achievement that accolade that they 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 so desperately want um it it does matter to them but i don't know it's going to be a bit of a fine balancing act isn't it it really is and especially with a guy like rashi rice where he's already had more receiving yards than any rookie wide receiver in an andy reed system like no like he passed deshaun jackson for the most receiving yards by a rookie on an andy reed team mm-hmm. uh, he has more touchdowns than any Chiefs rookie in history, you know. So he's he's already gotten all these accolades and kind of stacking up a pretty good resume for this year. But there's something about that 1,000 yard mark in people's minds, right? Like yeah. you think about, did, is this guy an elite receiver? You you look at his stats, and what do you start looking for? You start looking for four digit numbers mm. and you say, okay, how many thousand yard receiving seasons does he have? Same with running backs. How many times did he hit a thousand yards in his career? And even, even when it comes down to things like hall of fame voting, right? They, they, they start counting thousand yard seasons and, and pro bowls and all these things. Um, so these things do matter to guys. If it's just something as simple as like, he has a bonus incentive. If he hits, you know, seven sacks in a season and he's sitting at six and a half and you want to sit the guy for God's sakes, just pay the bonus and sit the guy then. Right. You know, if it comes down to something like that, right. You know, if it's something where, you know, like Chris Jones is, if he's sitting on the edge, I haven't looked at his stats recently, but if there's a bonus, he is, is his, we know that his contract is so bonus laden. If there's a, uh, if there's, if he's sitting on the edge of a bonus and he could possibly get in this game, especially against a beat up, Chargers team and just say, Chris, we'll give you the money. Just, just stay healthy. Mm, right. We yeah. don't want to risk you. And that's something that that's a decision the chiefs would have to make. Um, if they're going to do that, it would be kind of a, a shady and like, you know, it's within their rights, but kind of grimy. If a guy is say one sack away from a $500,000 bonus, and you say, nah, we're going to sit you this last game <laughs> and not give him the opportunity to go out there and make his money. Right. Yeah, so, and so if you want to rest these guys, do it. But if they're on the verge of, of something, of gaining something financially by, and they're going to lose, and, and, and they're going to lose that by playing, by not playing in the game, then you should probably say, okay, we're going to do the right thing and going to pay that out anyway. Yeah. I mean, it, it looks bad on the organization, doesn't it? As a whole, really on the franchise, if, if, you are holding back players like that. And it's going to stop players wanting to come to you because, you know, if you stop Chris Jones getting his, his you know, sack uh, bonus or anything like that, then it does look bad for any incoming players that are coming in thinking, well, how are they going to do that to me next time? Um, so you've got to at least give them a chance. Even like, like I said, a quarter or even a half just to say, look, we want to keep you healthy for the playoffs, but also we understand you really kind of want this as your own personal achievement or it's a bonus achievement that you want. You've got to really kind of give them that 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 kind of rope to, you know, really go out and, and do something with it, don't you? You know, you've got to give them the, just enough length of the rope just to go out there and go and do the thing and get their accolades, get their achievements. Yeah, and just to be overtly clear also, like we haven't heard anything where like the Chiefs are planning on withholding guys so they don't have to pay them their bonuses. Like it's nothing like that. We're just speaking hypothetically that if there's guys on the roster who can make money in this game, then let them go out there and get their money or just yeah. give them the money. Um, but yeah, no, it will like like news travels fast. The NFL is a brotherhood. If if the Chiefs 
aren't giving guys opportunities to go out there and get those accolades and holding them back for the playoffs, it could be something down the line that that players take into consideration. The same way that it could be the players down the line could be taken into consideration that if because of Patrick Mahomes' massive contract, if you're drafted by the Chiefs, you you might not ever get a second contract with them, mm-hmm. right? Like we see that Mike Dan is probably going to walk. Willie Gay's probably going to walk. Will they be able to retain LeJarrius Sneed? We don't know. We don't know what his asking price is going to be. But if he's asking for a top tier, we're talking $20 million plus a year for a cornerback with Patrick Mahomes' contract with the money we're already paying Joe Tooney and Jawan Taylor and Travis Kelsey and Justin Reed, you can only have so many big contracts on one NFL roster, right? And so because of the financial constraints of having the best quarterback in the history of the game, it could down the line develop into something where players, when they get drafted by us, say, okay, I'm going to ball out for my first contract and then go get paid somewhere else. And that puts a lot of strain on the front office to start hitting and draft picks, right? So, I mean, all hypotheticals at this point, but it's all definitely within the realm of possibility as well. Yeah, exactly. I know. I appreciate we've not said much about the charges in this because, uh, I mean, I don't see anything really happening from the charges. I mean, we've seen them in the last four games. They've really not really brought anything to the table. I mean, when you look at the stats as well, the comparison stats with the teams, um, you know, points against per game, um, the Chiefs are third points against. Obviously, their defense is probably one of the best in the league right now. The Chargers is 25th. Um, and also when you look at the total passing yards or total yards per, uh, against per game, the Chiefs are like second and the Chargers are 29th. Um, and a lot of that, I mean, it, it does seem as though the, the strength from the Chargers is actually in the run defense because the rushing yards against per game is 16th, Chiefs is 17th. So, um, But when you look at the passing yards against, the, against per game, Chiefs are second, the Chargers are 30th. And passing yards against per game. So you've really got to air it out against them, haven't you? You do. But also, this is why you don't start Patrick Mahomes in this game and you let Blaine Gabbert just start you let you let you let Air Gabbert go out there and air <laughs> it out. Um because because like last thing you want to do, they still have Khalil Mack. He still has 16 sacks this year. He's still gonna be going against probably Jawan Taylor. Or, you know, Wanya Morris. Like, those are not good matchups. Whoever, like, like the, the Chargers may still get, you know, four sacks in this game against Gabbert, and three of those may be Khalil Mack. So the last thing you want to do is, is, is get Patrick's leg rolled up, you know, yeah. in, in week 18, which is why you sit him. Um, and so, yeah, you go out there and you air it out. But then also, Khalil Mack may be thinking, all right, well, then. I can just pin my ears back this whole game and I might be able to get 20 sacks in this game against, against these tackles, you know, I'll make 20 <laughs> sacks on the season. I might go in and get four sacks in this game and finish the season with 20 sacks. Um, and so, yeah, it's, there's not a whole lot to talk about because there's not a whole lot of players in this game. I mean, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. Especially and, and like you no, said with the, with the charges as well, it just, it does seem they're really banged up and, um, I just think the way that they've they've really kind of checked out of this season already, haven't they? Well, yeah, wouldn't you? You got nothing to play for. You got no leadership. You know, um, I mean, really, at this point, you're just you're playing for for draft position. You hopefully the Chargers 
the worst thing the Chargers could do is go out and win this game, right? It's just because it'd be the Charger thing to do, though, wouldn't it? Yeah, they're probably going to, I mean, literally, this game is probably going to end 10 to 9, and the Chargers are going to win. Austin Eckler is going to have a rushing touchdown, and then they're going to have a field goal. And Harrison Bucker is going to have three, three field goals, and the Chiefs are going to lose by one point to end the season, and it's not going to matter. Um, and they'll die out. Exact, and, the Chargers will dine out on that. That's what they'll oh. do. <laughs> oh, Chargers Twitter will be unbearable. Um, Chargers social media. They they have a. If you're not following Chargers social media, like the team on Twitter or X.com now. Uh, you should. They are. They they may be one of the worst teams in the NFL, but they have the best social media team working for them, and they oh, have, they're so yeah, yeah, yeah they're, they're great. Really so they'll probably, you know, they'll find some way to flex on a ten nine week eighteen victory where nobody's playing. So is that your prediction then? I was going to go straight to predictions, but is that your prediction? Are the Chargers going to win? This I'm predicting. <laughs> I'm predicting the Chargers win ten to nine. Look for that. Look for my very in depth. Blurb on Arrowhead Pride in the prediction column on why <laughs> on why the Chargers are going to win ten to nine. <laughs> well, I've actually gone something similar, but I've gone Chiefs seventeen, Chargers nine. So we're both looking at this not being a high scoring game because of the reasons we've given. The Chiefs are not really bothered about it. The Chargers aren't really going to be up for it anyway because they're so banged up and they're obviously looking for draft position. Um, so it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think it's probably going to be over by about half-time, maybe. We can go to bed or go to sleep. Over here, we can, over in the UK, anyway. We can have an early night um, and just enjoy ourselves um, and just look forward to the playoffs. Um, it's going to be good. It's going to be great. Uh, Rocky, thank you so much for joining me on the Great British Chiefs show, mate. It's always a pleasure having you on. Um, you are you're definitely our guy that's like our super sub or the guy that we draft off the bench, isn't it? Just to Just to plug in, plug in and play, do anything. Put me in, coach. You don't got to get ready if you stay ready, Brad. That's what I always say. Um, <laughs> whenever you need me, I will, I will hop on an international flight and fly across the pond to <laughs> to, to meet. Because to, we're doing this in studio, obviously, you can tell, right? You of course know? you can. Yeah, yeah. We're in the same house. I'm just downstairs. You're upstairs. I flew to <laughs> England for this, you know, Chiefs Kingdom. That's how much I love you guys. And that's how much I love the Great British Chiefs show. You know, I am the official... American member of the Great British Chiefs show. We're going to have to find some link to your British past or something. So there must be like a percentage somewhere that you're, you're British somewhere, like a 0.9 of a percent or something. My mom, my, my mom. So my, my grandmother on my mom's side, her maiden name was Knight. That's got to be English, right? Got to like, be. Got to be. be. So I'm at least like a 16th British, <laughs> you know? So call the queen and tell her I'm coming home. <laughs> oh, it's king now, mate. King, we've got a king now. Oh, sorry. Oh, God save the king. I apologize. <laughs> tell Camilla I'm coming over for dinner. Queen Camilla, yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, I really do appreciate it, mate. Uh, we'll see you next week as well, won't we? Because you'll be on uh, yep. covering for Tom again. So that's that's great. Really appreciate you doing that, mate. Uh, right, that's all we've got time for this week. Uh, join Rocky and I next week as we, we review the Chiefs at the Chargers. Uh, plus, it's the start of the playoffs with the Chiefs firmly planted in the wildcard round. Who will the Chiefs be facing? Uh, we'll have all of this covered in next week's show. 
as always, please feel free to, to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'll be reading some of those uh, when Tom returns, so make sure that you get them in sharpish because uh, he loves reading them and wants to read some of them out anyway. There's, we have had some recently, and he really wants to use them and read them out. So uh, I've, had to, I've had to pause that for now until he comes back, so uh, look forward to that one. But all that's left to say here is Happy New Year, and from one kingdom to another, we'll speak to you again soon. Hey there, it's Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride, and I'm excited to announce a new element of the Arrowhead Pride experience for diehard Chiefs fans. It's our brand new newsletter, Arrowhead Pride Premier. Arrowhead Pride Premier is a newsletter delivered to your inbox twice a week from me. For $50, you'll get an annual subscription packed with insider coverage from yours truly and new in-depth analysis from voices around Kansas City. It's all about what I'm seeing and hearing around the team. During the season, we'll deliver a newsletter ahead of each game to get ready for Sunday and a newsletter after after each game to unpack exactly what happened. Subscribe to Arrowhead Pride Premiere today at arrowheadpride.com slash subscribe.